to do a little tap dance. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I feel like we should do a little tap dance. I don't know why. That just feels like we should be dancing to that one. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see some smiling faces here. Please know that wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're welcome here. We honor all paths to God. Very grateful that you're here with us today. For those of you that are here for the first time, first of all, we don't normally do financial reports during service, so don't worry about that. It's a very rare thing that we do. But we do have welcome packages. We have visitor packages, and they're on the table as you come through the doors. Pick one up before you leave today. Take it home with you. Read a little bit more about us. It's got a CD of our basic beliefs. It's got a Science of Mind magazine and some other things. Stick around and have some cookies and coffee with us afterwards, too. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Glad that you're here today. I know that you've got a lot of choices on a beautiful Sunday like today, and we're glad that you're here. So we are moving along with uh, our uh, 100 Years of Science of Mind. That is the theme from Home Office. We've been doing that for all of 2018, and each month is a different theme. And this month, we are doing prosperity, abundance, and wealth. Even though it says October, we're doing it in November. We switched it up. Prosperity, abundance, and wealth. And that is also the talk title for today. But what we are in is we're in the second week of our Thriving is Giving and Giving is Thriving campaign. So what that is, it's a pledge program or a prosperity program. And some centers do it for six weeks. We do it for four weeks. And today's the second uh, Sunday of the prosperity program and then next week as Reverend Megan said will be pledge Sunday and then the following Sunday is celebration so we invite you all to come to celebrate with us so today we're going to be talking about prosperity abundance and wealth prosperity abundance and wealth and we've been going through the living the science of mind book this year and each week is a different essay the essay for today I love the title substance and supply or the law of opulence I love that, the law of opulence. Sounds wonderful. What Ernest says, though, Ernest Holmes, who's the founder of Science of Mind, he says in this essay, one of the many criticisms made of new thought has been that it is materialistic, since those interested are striving to better themselves materially. And we hear that a lot, especially when we start talking about money. When we start talking about money, people glaze over, as Reverend Megan said, or they're like, oh, really, we're going to talk about this again, you know? But the truth is that many of us are drawn to science of mind because it's a prosperity consciousness. It's about stepping into a bigger life, stepping into a larger life. We have so many books on prosperity and wealth. I mean, our bookstore is stocked with them. We have the Catherine Ponder books. We have the Florence Shin books. We have Ernest Holmes books. We have Living the Science of Mind. We have Spiritual Economics by Butterworth. We have Think and Grow Rich. We have the Science of Growing Rich. And the, it goes on and on and on and on. And what Ernest Holmes says in this essay, and it's good for us to remember, is there is not the material and the physical. I mean, there's not the spiritual and the material. It's, there's no separation. There's no separation in source. That this material world and this physical world, this earthly world that we're in, is God. So, and that's what we need to remember. So we can't say, oh, we talk about money. That's not very spiritual. No, it's all God. It's all God. And that's what Ernest reminds us. There's no place that there's separation. You know, the movie The Secret was a big hit and many of you probably saw it and what was really great is that it brought a lot of our teachings to the masses it introduced sort of new thought ideas to a large arena of people so a lot of times when i'm explaining what we're about i say well you know the movie the secret and people go yeah yeah i saw the secret but what happened
happened also with the release of the secret is that there was misinformation that was put out. It did us a disservice in the way that it made it seem like all you need to do was do a vision board and voila, you're witch, right? So a lot of people did that and they did their vision board and no money came in and they said, see, it doesn't work. Well, the truth is that there's a lot more to it than what the movie The Secret kind of just was the tip of the iceberg, right? There's a uh, movie called Beyond the Secret. Beyond the Secret. And you can watch it on YouTube. It's free, and I encourage you to watch it because it goes into much more detail about what these principles are. You know, before the law of attraction, there's the law of vibration. Right, so if we're not in that vibration, if we're not a vibrational match to the thing that we're trying to attract, we're never going to attract it, right? So there's more to it. It's more to just been putting up a vision board or just seeing it in your mind's eye. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, and these are not new ideas. I mean, these ideas go back to ancient times. Denise was telling me in Catherine Ponder's book, there's a chapter on the ancient art of tithing. This hasn't been around for, I mean, it's been around for a long time. Didn't Jesus say, whoever should say to this mountain, be moved and fall into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, it will be done unto him. Therefore, I say to you, anything you pray for and ask, believe that you will receive it and it will be done to you. That's the key right there does not doubt in his heart and believes what he says will be done. Does not doubt in his heart and believes what he said will be done. That's the piece that some of us are missing. Right? We may say the words, but inside we're like, yeah, this is a bunch of hooey. Right? We have to know it with our whole being. You know, many of you probably know the story of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is a wonderful public figure that talks about these principles in his life. And what he did before he was famous is he would drive up to Mulholland Drive and he would sit. And now Mulholland Drive is a kind of the hills that overlook LA on one time and the San Fernando Valley on the other side. And he would sit and he would look over Los Angeles and Hollywood and all that was down there and he would visualize himself being a movie actor. He would visualize directors calling him to audition and wanting him for films. He would visualize people coming up to him and saying, oh, we really enjoy your work, Mr. Carey. You're so wonderful, right? And he would see it in his mind eye. And one of the things that he did, he was on Oprah, I think, in 1997, and he told this story. One of the things that he did is he wrote himself a check for $10 million, and he put it in his wallet. And on it, he put uh, to Jim Carrey, you know, and then down in the little memo for acting work, he put in the little memo, and he put that check into his wallet, and he gave himself three to five years, and uh, he continued to do his visualizing, and he said the check got all old and was falling apart in his wallet, right, and he would take it out and look at it, $10 million, and he dated the check Thanksgiving Day, 1995. Thanksgiving Day, 1995, and on Thanksgiving Day, 1995, he was told that he was going to make $10 million for the movie Dumb and Dumber, right? Coincidence? I don't think so. You know, when we put these spiritual principles into action, when we truly believe them, we can create anything we want to create, 
There's another story of Seaside Center for Spiritual Living, which was the spiritual community that I came from before I came here to Monterey. And they have an amazing story that they tell, and it's, you know, they tell their new members of how they acquired their property. And it's quite an interesting story. So what happened is they heard of one of the practitioners, Sandy Atkinson, who's recently made her transition. She was one of the founding members of the center, but she was a real estate agent, and she found this tin building that was going to be auctioned off. It was in bankruptcy, and uh, it was an old building that they grew seeds in. It was an agricultural kind of thing. But it was very large, and it had a good piece of land with it. And they, know th that they knew that they needed to have $25,000 to even begin to do the bidding. So the board got together, and the board decided that they were going to go for it, that they were going to go for this piece of property. They'd been looking for a place to buy for quite a while, and they decided they were going to do this. And then Dr. Christian, who was the senior minister, he went out of town on a speaking engagement. And when he came back the next week, he was standing in the receiving line as everybody was leaving church, and he was informed by the board president that they changed their mind. The board got cold feet. They decided they didn't want to do it. So Dr. Christian, he said he spent the next week trying to convince them. And what he said, he says, let's the seaside people decide. Let's let the people decide. And the board finally agreed to let the people decide, and the people unanimously said yes. Let's do it. Now, they needed $25,000 to go into this bidding process, which they did not have. They ended up getting it loaned to them before the day that they had to go to court. So they had their $25,000 in hand when they went there. They were bidding against another church, a builder, and the city of Encinitas. Encinitas, California, that's where it's at. And they had no money. They had to borrow $25,000, right? And so this, they were, the bidding started, and it was going up and up and up, and the city finally got to heck with it. They said, look, they went up to the bench, and they said, we have a million dollars in the bank, no contingencies, we could close in 30 days. You know, and uh, Dr. Christian, he said, you know what, there's no big or small in the mind of God. It doesn't matter if it's a little bit of money or a big amount of money. So he bid more than anybody else for the place knowing he didn't have the money anyway, right? Well, they ended up getting it. They ended up getting the property. Uh, they had 60 days to come up with the money, and they left there. And uh, quickly they found out that they'd overbid by $300,000 what the property was worth. No bank was going to loan on to a church that had no money. They, overpaid, they overbought it. It wasn't even worth the value that it was at. So Dr. Christian said the practitioners were praying furiously, right? Everybody's praying, and where is this money going to come from, right? And what happened is a new small bank in town opened, Southwest Community Bank, and it is still their bank today. And there was a gentleman, it was a, it's a single-owned bank, it's not a branch, that felt like it would be a good um, community thing to help this church get started. So he agreed to do a loan. He agreed, um, I think the man's name was Fred, um, and he agreed to loan them the rest of the money they needed for the down payment. So that was miracle number one. Well, they had no idea it was going to take the time that it took to change the zoning on the property. It took a year and a half for the zoning to change on the property. And the city was wanting, this, this property was adjacent to a city park. And it was residential and they were changing it. Um, so the city wanted to buy back some of the land to go to the park. And after a year and a half, Seaside finally decided that they would give back the city this money, this piece of land for the park, and miraculously, 
the zoning got approved. Now the city says there was no connection whatsoever, but that what happened was, and this is what Dr. Christian says, the law of reciprocity, as they gave back this land to the city, they no longer had to cover up this beautiful land with asphalt. It's this amazing city park that is outside the front doors. So they can go out and they can do family picnics and they can do all sorts of things. It took another year and a half for them to open the doors of the center and to have their first service. But it's a, they got this property with no money bidding against the city. You see, we never know how spirit's going to show up. We never know. And we need to step out in faith. We need to step out and take that risk. We need to step out and know that spirit's going to build the bridge, right, for us. If we keep continuing to play small, if we never take a risk, if we never say, yes, we can do this, nothing is ever going to change for us. We're able to create what it is that we want to create in our world. There's many, many stories of people that manifest things. It's all over now, and especially since the movie The Secret, there's all kinds of people that are teaching about manifesting and talking about manifesting. And we can see it everywhere, you know? When we set our minds to creating, we don't need to worry about the how of it. You know, and that's where a lot of us get snagged up. I know that's where I get snagged up a lot. Because I've cast this vision, I've cast this dream, and then I immediately go, well, how's it going to happen? Right, well, the how is none of my business. The how we leave to God. And that's the part that I often forget. If we lapse on, and I've told you this before, if we lapse on to one idea, then we've closed ourselves off to every other possibility. Because we've got the plan, right? Tuesday, we had... Uh, meditation here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You can join us from 12 to 12.20 for a meditation. And after the meditation, I was going through our used book section of our bookstore. We've got some good books in that used book section, I'll tell you. Y'all should go in and check it out after service. But I found this little book, Leave It to God, by Christian Larson. It originally sold for 35 cents. I paid a dollar for it. But uh, Leave It to God. It was a great little book. You know, it specifically answered some questions for me. He says things like, when we place our lives and our affairs under the direction of infinite wisdom, everything will be taken care of perfectly. Can we believe that 100%? Can we believe that? When we place our lives and our affairs under the direction of infinite wisdom, everything will change for the better. Troubles and ills will decease, decrease, and then vanish completely. Obstacles will be removed and the way cleared. Hmm. When we leave it to God, we are directed by a power that is absolutely good and that always works for good. We are opening our lives to the one who knows all things and can do all things. Anything that is good and great and wonderful may be expected. Leave it to God. Leave it to God. We've got some great little books in there. I encourage you to check them out. Okay, so how exactly does this work? How exactly do we do this? Well, we don't just vision and do nothing. Jim Carrey says in that interview with Oprah, he says, I didn't just do it and then go eat a sandwich, right? We gotta do stuff, we gotta do stuff. We have to be in action. You know, it's that treat and move your feet, right? We used to say that a lot. Treat and move your feet. We don't just pray and sit. We pray and we get out. Raymond Hollowell has a book called Working with the Law, which by the way, is on the used bookshelf. I can't believe nobody has scooped that up yet. Raymond Holloway's book, Working with the Law, where he clearly talks about 11 truth principles for successful living. And they are things like the law of supply, the law of receiving, the law of compensation, the law of non-resistance. You know, but the thing for Hollowell, and he says this in his introduction, he says, law is another name he uses for God. 
So when he's talking about all these laws, he's talking about how we use God. Right? There's a power for good in the universe, and we can use it. That's Ernest Holmes' big tagline. Right? There's a power for good in the universe, and we can use it. And what I love about science of mind is it's just not a spiritual theory. It's been demonstrated over and over again that there is a power and that we can use it, and it can use us, and it can use us. You know, it's beautiful. The question then becomes for me, if there are these spiritual principles, then why are some people able to manifest and others don't seem to be able to do it? I mean, what's the difference? Why is somebody flourishing and somebody else is not? Right? It can't be that the laws don't work, that work differently for someone else than they do for me. Right? I mean, the law doesn't work for Jim Carrey, but it doesn't work for us. I mean, that's not how it works. If it's a law, it's a law, it's a law, and it works for everybody, right? So if the law is true and real, then there's something within me that's blocking it or repelling it. There's something within me and my consciousness. I mean, if we have the law of gravity, no matter who does it, we stand at a second store and we drop something, it drops, right? No matter who, it's the law. Right? We have the law of water flows downhill. No matter how much we want to make that water flow uphill, we can't. It's the law. The spiritual laws are just like that. They work the same for everybody. So if it's not working in your life, there's something within you, your belief system, race consciousness, that is keeping you from your good. So our job always is to uncover that, to look at that. Again, I tell you, that's what a practitioner of religious science is trained to do, to help you uncover belief systems that are keeping you stuck. Make, a, make an appointment, see a practitioner. All universal principles are available to those who understand them, and they immediately respond to anyone who subjects himself to the way in which they work. That's from today's essay, that's Ernest Holmes. So why do people get stuck? Why do people get stuck? It's because we have these paradigms. We have these belief systems that are keeping us from our good. You know, what's a paradigm? What's a paradigm? A paradigm is a mental program that has almost exclusive control over our habitual behavior. And almost all our behavior is habitual. It's a different way of saying belief system, but we have these paradigms and we come up against our paradigms and we can probably see the patterns in our life when we come up against the paradigms. I know for me, when I have a big idea and I'm really excited and I'm gonna step out, my paradigm is, oop, play it safe. Play it safe, too risky. I automatically go into that, you know? And there's only two known ways to change a paradigm. There's only two ways. One is the constant spaced out repetition of ideas that are essentially opposite to the paradigm. Constant repetition. And the other is drastic life change that won't maybe happen to many of us. It's something like 9-11, uh, a drastic thing like that that happens that shifts you out of your paradigms. But for most of it, it's that repeated systematic change. And so we do that by Replacing our old thinking with new. So if we have thinking like, oh, money is bad, we replace that with money is God. Over and over and over again. We don't just say it one time, right? Or whatever, whatever works for you. It may not be money is God. It may be money is an exchange of energy. Money is free. I'm a money magnet. Money comes to me easily and effortlessly, 
right? We want to change our paradigm about money. Money is only for a few people. My family's always been poor. No, change that paradigm. I am in this world of abundance. I live and breathe and have my being in the divine. But you find that opposite thing that you can do to change it, and it's that repeating, and it's saying it over and over again. It's putting it in your affirmation. It's saying it in your morning spiritual practice. It's repeating it until it becomes a new groove. You know, I talked to a friend yesterday who just uh, got uh, turned on to the Joe Dispenza work. I don't know if any of you know Joe Dispenza. We should try to do a Dispenza workshop, I think, here. But, you know, Dispenza has taken this a step farther. He's gone into the scientific realm of rewiring the brain, causing those new neural pathways so we don't have that reduction to our old paradigms. We're creating new ones. We can truly create our own economy. We can create our own economy. No matter what the stock market is doing, you know, no matter what's happening in the world, we can create our own economy. So my question to you is, are you willing to thrive? Are you willing to join us in this thriving adventure? What do you want to change? What in your life is not working the way that you want it to work? Name it and claim it. Do you want better health? Do you want closer relationships? Do you want more money? What is it that you're wanting to create in your life? And all of it's good and all of it's God. There's nothing that you can ask for that is contrary to the divine. As long as it hurts no one else, it's for you. So number one, consciously learn and use the laws, whether that's by taking classes, reading books, going on YouTube, listening. There's so much information around us. So learn the laws and learn to use them. Second, what would it feel like to thrive? I encourage you this week to spend a 24-hour period just being in the feeling of thriving. Walk around feeling it. Feeling that you are in opulence. Remember the lady, uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but was she, she thought the rich people would, would eat the almonds, you know, stu un olives stuffed with almonds. You know, so she bought a jar of those, and she sat by her pool, and she pretended she was in Mexico, and she was feeling wealthy. I'm asking you to do that. What would thriving look like to you? You'd be out taking a walk. You'd be in the sunshine. You'd be talking to people. See it, feel it, experience. Get in the vibration of it. That's what we mean about the vibration of it. What are you willing to let go of? What old, lovely, wonderful belief are you willing to get rid of? No matter how safe it keeps you. See, my, my playing small keeps me safe. I don't worry. It's stepping out is when I get scared right? But then I know that God has my back. And then I'm up against that place of my knowing where I don't know. You know, it's that thing, God, I believe, help my unbelief, where it's shown to me those places that I may not completely be trusting. We're continually growing and expanding. You know, so what paradigms are you, uh, that are keeping you in old patterns? What paradigms are keeping you stuck? You know, this week, I encourage you to look at what it would look like to move from simply surviving into thriving. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. So glad that you're here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Mary Lee, back to the stage or to the mic. <laughs>